Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Um, so this podcast um, will contain spoilers. Um, we will spoil the books. We will spoil the show. We will spoil everything. Um, we're covering Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 10, The Children. Tonight we have the usual suspects, uh, Torg. Hello, I am Torgover. You may know me as Evil Torgover on Tumblr. And Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I'm Chickren on Tumblr. And YD. Hi, this is YD, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. And Eon. Hi, this is Eon, and you can find me at Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. I'm Lot, or Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr. Um, You may may be sensing a mellowness to the panel tonight. (laughs) 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 This uh, episode was rough. I'm just putting that out there to talk. Uh-uh, I'm really feeling it tonight. Should we warn that we might go a little long this episode? Yeah, yeah, I, I think we might rant and rave a little bit. So just a heads up. <laughs> okay, let's start with this recap. Um, some sections is kind of is a long recap. So if at any point you want to interject, just feel free. Okay, okay. so. We open up with uh, John, and he's heading out onto the north side of the wall. He's um, walking into the woods where he is captured and taken to Mance. Um, John reveals that he was loyal to his vows to Mance, and he replies, all of your vows. They um, drink to Ygritte and to the giant Mike the Mighty and to Gren. Mance wants to get through the tunnel. He knows he has more men than the Night's Watch. And he's already, he tells John he's already sent 400 to climb the wall. He wants to take his people through the tunnel and beyond the protection of the wall. Promises not to harm anyone if he's allowed them, if he's allowed passage. If not, he tells them he's going to kill them all. John is, uh, during this whole scene, eyeballing the knife that the guy's cutting the meat with. Uh, Mance realizes that John's come to kill him. Um, and in that moment, a horn blows, signaling that there is an attack. And then, uh, late to the party, <laughs> an army of thousands um, streams into the woods uh, where the wildlings are camping. Um, there's a stunning aerial shot um, above the forest as you see the horses riding in and they're cutting down the wildlings. Mance sees it's a slaughter and yells for everyone to stand down. Um, and then there's this fantastic shot of Stannis and Davos as the smoke clears and they're coming in to save the day. You guys are late. Uh, Davos announces Stannis as the one true king of Westeros. Stannis tells Mance it's customary to kneel when surrendering. Mance tells him we do not kneel. Stannis asks um, that they be taken away. Davis wants to know what John is doing there. Um, he was. He tells him he was sent to discuss terms. Uh, reveals that he's Ned's son. Stannis asks what Ned would have done with them. John suggests that they take Mance prisoner, and they listen to what he has to say. And he also suggests that they burn the dead. 
So, <laughs> why did they wait to the end to, to bring Stannis in? What's, what do you think? Well, possibly you mean this, I until this episode? Yeah. <laughs> because I hate comma. <laughs> oh, poor comma. <laughs> well, at least it was in daylight. She's got to be stoked That's about true. that. That's true. He was partially well lit in that scene, I have to say. <laughs> Given, okay, yeah, he was late, but he did show up. Uh, what did you guys think of the, the whole scene? Well, I think like, backtracking a little bit. Um, during the John and Man scene, did anyone else get really distracted by the background focus of like the person was moving in the background? I mean, they were like picking up cups and and then they like put down the knife. Did that I mean, weird anyone else? Yeah, there was a lot of busy work going on in the background. I did notice yeah. that. I wasn't yeah. usually distracted by it, but I did it notice it. It wasn't until my second rewatch that I even realized it was because John was supposed to be paying attention, trying to find a weapon. Yes. But it just weirded like, me out yeah. my first watch. Yeah. I was like, I was totally going to say, initially, initially yeah. I actually got the impression that something was, they were plotting something against John, and then I realized he was checking out the knife. So yeah, yeah that, was, that was a little bit disconcerting. I, I kind of, I don't, I don't know, my first watch, I, I perceived him as just looking for a weapon, but maybe that's just in my nature to do that as well. <laughs> because you always look for the weapon. See- yeah. I was hoping to see like a, a woman cradling a baby or something. Oh. Yeah, we didn't get oh, we didn't Dalla. get Dalla. Yeah. No, she'll be introduced as a proper character next year, probably. Do you think sure. so? Uh, well, if, if they're going to have her, they wouldn't have her just for the last episode. Yeah, they did kill off a lot of cast this year, so they'll be able to cast yeah. them. They did. There was a clearing out. <laughs> it yeah, was when we are getting it? the Dornish. We're getting all the Dornish next season, yeah. and yeah. perhaps the Ironborn. We're not sure. Yeah, yeah. That that proper Northern drink looked a lot like curdled mare's milk to me. Yes, I I, I love the idea of the wildlings just sitting around drinking milk like manly men they are, <laughs> like the badasses they are. <laughs> I did like that they drank Tigrit like that, and that they did. A little yeah. bit of a, a name check for Mag the Mighty. That was yeah. nice. I really liked. Yeah. I actually really liked that scene as well. Um, particularly as you have uh, sort of Mance when he, you know, p- talks about Mag's, you know, mighty lineage and whatnot. And then, you know, John replies, <laughs> "Oh yeah," and also to Gwen, who's who's a farmer or came from a farm. Yeah. It's sort of just indicating, you know, that lineage doesn't really matter when you're dead and, and it doesn't really reflect the worth of a person. I thought that was a, which a is, nice touch. Which is weird coming from John, right? Where, like, in his culture, it's all about mm. lineage. And <laughs> so. Although it is well, a nice right. nod to the Night's Watch where, in theory, it's egalitarian. Of course, in reality, it isn't. That's but, right. Um, yeah. So... I don't know. The sta- what about the whole Stannis scene then? Did that make up for it? It was pretty I thought it was pretty good. Did you? I liked the Stannis scene. I thought it was well, I didn't think it was odd, but yeah, in the books, uh Davos isn't with him at this stage. No, but right. you know, I didn't it wasn't a huge issue for me. I don't I guess I just really liked seeing the um the aerial shots of his armies riding into the woods. I've gotta say there were a lot of really nice sort of aerial shots in this this episode, a lot of nice scenery as well. Yeah. So the one thing I can say that I really liked about this episode is good scenery. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> Another point I'm gonna break up how beautiful stretching on this one. When the best thing you can say is there was good cinematography and then that says it's really not that good. Uh, it was pretty. It was like, pretty. The one 
the one problem I did have with it is is Davos being there because in the books Davos is is at Eastwatch by the Bay yes. and he's about to leave to go um, have a talk with Wyman Manderley mm. and Stannis wanted him to talk with my Wyman Manderley um, to to try to gain the North gain support for the North because they only had what uh, like a hundred and see 1,500 men with them whenever they did go to the wall yeah. they didn't have like the, the backing from uh, the, the Iron Bank of Bravos at that right. point in the book yeah. so I'm wondering this is kind of like it kind of just the thought kind of has me worried that are they even going to go that route with trying to gain oh, God, some they of the better have Wyman Manderley I know, right? I wouldn't hold my breath <laughs> if, if, if um, yeah, I don't think that's okay. Really so, does anyone want my take on the Stannis thing? As as the lone <laughs> Stannis fan, I assume. Sure, go ahead. Okay, I was really unhappy with the way that they did it, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, John is in the tent negotiating with Mance, and uh, Mance was a little bit more forthcoming and reasonable here than she, he is in, in the books, but that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. But it seemed like John and Mance were kind of possibly hammering out a deal. And then all of a sudden, the horns sound, and these guys come riding in and cutting everybody down. And the music was kind of ominous, and you had a feeling that an enemy had arrived, or I did. I, I was yeah. like, I knew what was going on, but I was like, this doesn't feel right. It didn't mm-hmm. feel good to me, the way that Stannis arrived. It didn't have anything like the triumphant moment that it feels like when Stannis kind of rides in and saves the day in the books. And Mance rides out to fight Stannis. He doesn't just roll over. No, you're right. He doesn't just surrender. I mean, he's got that whole, you know, I don't want any more bloodshed of my people going in this episode, but that's not the way it goes down in the book. And it's funny, you're you're right. I I agree with you on that. I was actually um, chatting to a friend while I was watching and um, she's she's a show watcher and she said, oh, who is that? Who's coming? And I said, I think it's Stannis, but (laughs) the atmosphere was, you're right, the atmosphere was wrong. Yeah, it just felt off to me. I mean... I'm a Stannis fan, and I wanted him to have that really triumphant moment. Triumphant yeah. moment. Yeah. kind of stole a bit of his thunder. Did. Well, yeah. yeah, because, I mean, I think it meant a lot more because he pretty much took the men that he did have at that moment in the right. books and just went up to the north to, to, you know, because he felt like he, it was his purpose because he his was. His duty. His duty. Right. He, he did it for the realm. Mm-hmm. And and this, with, with, with he when he has, like, the Golden Company backing him. Now it just feels like bad for the Wildlings. It looks like you know thousands of these these knights and soldiers are just killing like about a couple hundred Wildlings. Yeah, right, and it's as it's as Chicky was saying. I mean, John and and uh, Matts were you know hammering out a deal <laughs> so well. Mm-hmm. They they were kind of at the point where perhaps that might have been going awry, but they were yeah. sort of trying to. They were in peace talks. So rather than Stannis sort of coming in and saving the day, it was sort of a, a slight impediment, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe that would have been an indication of things to come for how they were going to go awry with the rest of these scenes. Mm-hmm. But um, let's go on to a scene <laughs> that was actually my favorite in the show. <laughs> oh my god! All my Kaisel dreams coming true. <laughs> So we have uh, Kyburn, Cersei, and Pycelle, um, and they're attending to the mountain. 
Um, Pycelle that says that there is nothing that can be done. Kyburn says, yes, there is. And right away, he starts pillaging the cupboards for medical supplies. <laughs> like, quote, unquote, medical uh. supplies. <laughs> oh. Pycelle gets into a tizzy and uh, Cersei dismisses him. Pycelle leaves in a huff. Uh, Kyburn is just going about his work and Cersei tells him to come to her if he requires anything. Um, he thanks her and warns her that the mountain might not come back the same. She asks if he will be weaker. He says, oh, no. And she's very well then. So, um, <laughs> like I said, this is my favorite scene in the show. I just, I don't know. I kind of like the, the, the gore and the, <laughs> the horror. And you also enjoy oh, the no. sexual tension between Kyburn and Purcell. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That goes okay, without saying. <laughs> what is Cersei doing there? I mean, do we think that she's really concerned about Gregor and checking in on him? I mean, it was no. odd yeah, that she was, was there to me. You know, I, I, yeah. think, I think she has a curiosity. I, I mean, she seems to have always had a curiosity with... Um, Kyburn and what he's been doing mm. like even in the book she's kind of allowed him to do what he wanted right so she has but yeah. she kind of separates herself I don't think she ever even goes yeah. and sees his laboratory or anything well I think she knows exactly what's going on there but I don't think we do I think well, maybe for the show they, they do just have her there to show that she's you know his supporter his backer I guess allowing him to do these things because I don't know how otherwise they would have illustrated it you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, out of all the out of all the poor characterization in this episode, this is the one I'd probably have the least issue with. <laughs> yeah, would it really be poor characterization to have her know what's going on when her Frankenstein monster is? It's not that she knows. I, I think I, I, my my I issue is she, why she, she even there. To, yeah, she does tend to distance herself from all of that in the books. But like I said, not a huge issue for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, compared to what's coming up, I, I can let this one go. Um, so the next scene is um, Tywin and Cersei. Oh, God damn it. Okay, um, <laughs> so they're discussing her betrothal to Loras, and uh, she reminds Tywin of sitting on the th- um, throne with Tolman and how she was going to poison him if uh, someone awful was coming to take him away. And now that someone awful is coming to take him away, and she's uh, referring to Marjorie, but she's also referring, I think, in the scene to Tywin himself. And uh, she says that she will burn her their house to the ground before she allows Tywin and Marjorie to fight over her son. And then he says, well, how will you do that? And she reveals the truth about her and Jamie. And Tywin has this kind of a meh reaction. Like, <laughs> it was so such a letdown, right? Like, uh, if you're going to write this, which didn't happen at all, why why was it such like a low-key reaction on his part? It's majorly disappointing for me. I don't know that it was a low-key reaction. <laughs> I, I feel that, I mean, no Tywin... It, it Tywin, looks like he was Tywin obviously... To- Tywin obviously knows that that's going on in the back of his mind. It's something that I think he's just never tried to confront. Um, so I think it was more, I don't know, not even shock, but just, you know, wow, I can't believe she's coming out and telling me this. His yeah. reaction was like, kind of like the reaction everyone else this. had by watching this scene. I can't believe this yeah. is actually happening. And why the hell would they write it like this? Like, I'm just, this is the first of the major boggle in my mind. <laughs> I think you they're going to be asking me as much. Most scenes. What, was it the fact that she was threatening to reveal her secret? You didn't think she was bluffing? I because think I, th- I think she was absolutely not. bluffing. 
it <laughs> it I could it only a be a it could only be a bluff. I think my my, my two yeah. main issues with this scene is not how Tywin reacted to the initial information that uh, they That's were you know sleeping together. It was more that you know it was more Cersei's. I mean, Cersei's not completely stupid. So the idea that she would actually use that as a bluff. Um, I mean, this is the only card she has. Once she lets this information go, she loses her power, she loses her kids, she loses her everything. So the fact that she would tell Tywin, thinking that he would actually believe her for a second, was stupid. And then secondly, the way Tywin reacted, that this would actually be an issue for him, I also found completely out of character. So those were my two main issues. I thought it was an unintelligent move, even as a bluff, just because... This makes her a threat to Tywin. And it's like, right. you know, nothing okay. sacred to Tywin. He's about to kill one of his kids. Um, you yeah. know, it, it seems like an odd move. But, you know, show Cersei has not as been as intelligent as booked Cersei, which is not a really high bar anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone yeah. also have an issue with the fact that, I mean, yes, yeah, she... We can never know Cersei's true motivations, really. But the fact that she was, you know, so concerned about or saying that she was placing her concern on Tommen. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I have issues with, with the show portraying Cersei's, you know, real love of her kids. Because in my opinion, book Cersei is a complete narcissist and really only sees her kids as extensions of herself. So, you know, the fact that they're... I guess a little bit of whitewashing going on here. Cersei is the concerned mother. I had a bit of an issue with that as well. well yeah, they've been doing that scene, since I thought this one. scene fell perfectly in line with that because her love for her kids is possessive. It's not altruistic, which goes in goes very well with her uh, position that she'd rather burn her house to the ground than lose her kids. Yeah, no, I disagree. I think the way that she played it, to me, it seemed like they were they were trying to indicate that she just would do anything for her children. Yeah, there wasn't really that inkling of her narcissism to me. But that's, no, that's it, the way that I saw to it. me, it sounded like she would do anything to keep her children, not that she would do anything for her children. Well, no, because she initially yeah. starts out by telling Tywin, you know, you're going to tear him apart if you if you keep treating him like a pawn. And to me, that's not Cersei. I just thought it was unnecessary filler. I think they could have used this time to put at the very end to have a better finale. I think there are a few parts in the episode. For that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it was a, a so-so moment. I mean, it really didn't bother me nearly as much as a lot of other things in this no. episode. No, well, no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's go on to the, the granddaddy of the things that bother uh, this episode. And I'm sure all of this was my favorite scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to recap this shit. Okay, I unironically loved this scene. Like you would. <laughs> Get out! Get out! Talk. It's not a podcast episode with Torg. We don't tell her to get. Out. <laughs> she's used. She's used to it. She loves it. <laughs> so on the first watch, when I see Jamie sitting there and he's in the sword tower, I'm like, "Oh yay! This is gonna be great." Um, he's flipping through the white book, looking at his pages. Um, Cersei comes in, closes the door behind her, and then they discuss Tyrion. She comes over to him and they kiss. Uh, she tells him she chooses him and that she told Tywin the truth. She says she loves him. She kisses him his golden hand. Um, he grabs her, tosses the white book across the table, and takes Cersei oh. upon it. 
<laughs> and so continues the assassination of Book Jamie. Burn it, burn it with fire. Book Jamie. All right, guys, you just go. Just go. Okay, I gotta say, at least Lena Headey and Nikolai Kosterwaldo had, like, a little bit of sexual chemistry in this. Yeah. Finally, it was there. Yeah, I agree. So, much to my disgust, I found that scene slightly hot. Only very slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think we all probably, maybe not talk, but the rest of us probably have similar issues with this scene. Um, you know, in the books, this is a, this is a real turning point for Jamie. This is a real shift in, in his dynamic with Cersei where he makes the decision to, um, you know, that his honour is important to him, his vows are important to him, and, you know, he pushes her away rather than the book, which is a great <laughs> metaphor for his honour in this scene, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I mean, I yes, I see that it's uh, a mirror of the the non-consensual sex scene that they had back in episode three, where this time the roles are reversed, where it's Jamie who very weakly is telling Cersei, Cersei, not here. And then her replying, I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me, it just makes Jamie look, you know, it makes him look stupid in this, yeah. in my opinion. You know, she's, she's putting yeah. all her charms on him. She goes down and kisses his, his golden hand where before she was completely repulsed by it. I have a lot of issues with this scene, oh, um, yeah. but I'll, I'll let, you know, someone else give their opinion. <laughs> Maybe talk. <laughs> okay, well, um, actually, I loved it because it was exactly the inversion of such a, a scene that we all expected to go in a completely different direction. Why is that? I love love that it (laughs) fucked with book readers' expectations. It it accomplished the exact thing that the sept sex scene should have and did when I first read the scene. Uh, When I first read that scene in the sept, I was like, no, what are you doing, Jamie? No, no, no. That's funny because I actually loved the sept scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It and I I love the fan reaction to it. I just I loved it so much because it that's exactly what it was supposed to accomplish. And I'm How glad that I, you were like and, the little finger of this podcast. <laughs> and, and, uh, you just love chaos. <laughs> that, that is very it's true. A ladder. But I um no, what was I gonna say? It's it also uh, uh, Jamie's such a fuck up. I love him so much, and it's because he is he just he struggles so much. He's not a Jedi. He's not. He doesn't turn to the light side. He has to mess up every once in a while. And because we can't see that, inside it. his head, it's it's going to be a lot harder a, to see Jamie that it's a struggle. Book is still a fuck up, though. He's oh still yeah, a fuck up. This oh, is like yeah. the turning point where he actually makes an honorable decision. That's why but I'm so. I pissed. don't think he'll be robbed of that in the future. I do think, think he will have a turning. Oh yeah, he'll I, definitely well, have yes, a turning point so. in the future. I hope so, but at this stage, I don't trust. Uh, Me either. I don't oh. trust the writers at all. Yeah. I'm so. I don't think, but you're right. I, I agree with you on one thing. Talk. This is this. This is the scene that should have been the set scene. This is how the sept scene should have gone. Yeah. I, guess, I, I just, just I don't think they know how to write Jamie. Yeah. They don't know how no. to write a great character. Jamie is a hard as fuck character to adapt. I mean, I, mean, I don't I don't know how they would have done it. I couldn't have done it better. Stuck with what happened in the book. That's yeah, but I, he would have started. You know I'm what? He would have come off as 
way too nice, I guess, if they had stuck with just what he was in the books, because there's a lot going on underneath that you need to address. You think that he'd come off as way too nice? If I, I don't know about nice, but I don't know. I mean, here's my here's my issue with this. I really don't care that they had sex. It really doesn't bother me that much. I mean, no. I think it's kind of late in his arc to be doing that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, anybody who's had a breakup knows that this happens. You know, you kind of backslide and whatever. But my primary problem with it was that he number one fell for this business of her nuzzling his golden oh, hand, which was yeah. just so ridiculous. That and you just want to go, are you this stupid? I mean, he isn't in the books. I show Jamie, who knows? I and that, that, that her, see her, her down there, and I wanted to see him push her face <laughs> and say, bitch, no. <laughs> I want it that. Her repulsion of that hand in episode three was partially what prompted him to do what he did in episode three. He was so enraged by it. So all of a sudden her, you know, nuzzling his hand is, oh, wow, she really loves me. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, that's a stupid (laughs) joke. So stupid. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, tossing the book. I mean, it was just kind of a deliberate... I don't know. A big fucking refusal, up. refusal to follow his 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 arc from exactly. the books. And I mean, oh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with Tor that they did it intentionally. I do agree that it was intentional. I do, too. and it really oh, absolutely. Me off. <laughs> you know what? I was actually saying to Chicky the other day. Please don't hurt us, Lot. Mm. That <laughs> because Chicky, um, Chicky was saying to me, I wonder if Jamie had actually written Bri- about Brienne in the White Book oh, yet. Me too. And we actually, well, she went back and checked, and she, he hadn't. I had already checked. And I said, you know yeah. what? It's a damn good thing he hadn't written Brienne's name yeah. in that book oh, yet. Gosh, you know yeah. the way he tossed it aside after. Which is why there's very clearly hope for the future. Yeah, but here's I, I my problem with that. I mean, there's no hope for the future, Tog. But I agree with Chicky. It's it's a bit late in his arc to be doing yeah, this. It should have been it's, done it's, earlier. It's very late, and here's my primary problem with that. Um, it's pretty clear that next season is going to wrap up most of Feast and Dance, at least the storylines that exist that are published oh, yeah. for most people. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about Jamie leaving with Brienne in like ten episodes from this point, and it's like for him to be silly enough to fall for Cersei at this point and then think that you know 10 episodes later he's gonna make a different choice and go with Brienne I just don't feel like it's enough time it feels so love triangly to me I don't like it at all what could they possibly orchestrate Cersei doing to get him to see her for what she is and to turn from her like I have no doubt that they'll do something yeah, walking on your shagging lamps or something (laughs) (laughs) they'll do something but the question is will you buy it i guess buy that he wouldn't put up with almost anything at this point because it seems kind of like he will she just told him that she doesn't consider Tyrion a member of her family and he's really upset about it and then he just goes ahead and has (laughs) sex with her so i mean the the amount of effort she's put into killing his brother who he loves if that's not enough to turn him but i guess i mean i i still think uh, i i'll buy it I'll just say that I'm I'm probably going to buy it because okay. No, well, you not. have the book. You have a book lens to look through. I guess is is yeah, my thing. And right. if you kind of take the show as the show, would you buy it? Mm. I guess we'll I find think, out. Well, if it happens. I, yeah, I guess who knows? Uh, I uh, Eon hasn't had a chance to chime in. Did you have any additional thoughts before we move on? Nah. Are you good? <laughs> I'm sorry, Eon. I have very depressed. strong opinions about this episode. <laughs> I 
I think Jamie and was he... just thinking with little Jamie. <laughs> 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 okay, moving on. Oh, he's oh, oh. He he's sword. Oh. Yes. I, I do have to say, I, I think the fact that uh, that it was on a table is it was not intentional, but it was that was the best little cherry on top. Oh my god! Talk, get out! <laughs> Just get out! Every conversation, get out! Take a shot. Not our table. Not our table. Not our beloved table in this manner. I am outraged. <laughs> Okay, Daenerys. I never thought I'd be so happy for a Danny uh, scene. Oh my god! I've got to say, I actually really liked this scene. Me too. Do I have Do I have to leave the podcast now? Get out! No, get out! Two I shots for Danny to get out. Okay, so yeah, um, so she's listening to a former slave. He's an old tutor, and uh, she has this look on her face like she's expecting him to be thanking her. And instead, he tells her that he has no home, and he wants to sell himself back to his old master. Uh, She allows him to sign a contract with his old master um, no more than one year. Uh, Barristan warns her that this uh, move might um, have the former masters taking advantage of the decision. Uh, and then a man comes with a bundle in his hands, and he's crying, and he reveals the charred remains of his three-year-old little girl. So the next scene is of um, Danny. Um, she's taking her dragons, uh, Viserin and Rhaegal, and uh, she's taking them down into catacombs. Um, Drogon is still missing. But she chains the two that she has and then locks the door behind her. And they're all screeching for their mama. Um, so how did you guys feel about this? The, well, we know the first scene, everyone seems to be a fan. <laughs> what about the dragon scene? I liked the whole thing. I I was actually, yeah. I teared up a little bit um, oh, during the first yeah. part of the scene. Um, you know, when, when the, the guy rocks up with the charred remains of his little girl, I found that heartbreaking. Um, that was horrible. I I have to so give good. kudos to Amelia Clark in this scene. I think she did a really fantastic job in the really? throughout. Um, she really sold. I think you could see Danny's compassion shining through there um, when she was faced with the with the dead girl, and also again when she she leaves her babies behind her dragons. When she just when she turns back to look at them, she looked really really young and and truly devastated. Like she really sold it to me. Mm-hmm. So I think probably my favorite scene of the episode, or one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I really liked all of it. I definitely did not enjoy Amelia Clark's performance here. This was for me maybe her weakest of the season. I was wow. Really yeah, I really did like the the elder slave that came in. I thought he was a, a really great performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to say it was a pretty clever way to kind of show some of the issues that she's having in Marine. Oh, They've just, actually mm-hmm. been doing a pretty good job of that this season. Hey, I'll give them some wow. kudos. I really do like the way that they're adapting this storyline. And mm-hmm. I think that was that was really good. And I really thought the actor who had the child did an amazing job. It was, was kind of yeah, he was fantastic, tilted, and and how it would be if you were really grieving. I thought he was really great. Yeah, Amelia. What, what issues did you have with Amelia's acting? I just didn't feel like you didn't, you didn't she buy was it. Connecting, she was still doing that regal voice thing. And it's just like, can you just, you know, 
act like a human. Another tone of voice for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. act like a human confronted know, with think... a, a, an infant like that. I just didn't feel. To me, it was more in her face than her voice. I don't know. To me, her, her facial expressions were selling it. But I did like. Yeah. I will say this. I did enjoy when um, the man first came up, the uh, slave, the elderly tutor. And she mm. had, like that look up. She almost had like this pompous look, like I'm ready for my praise. I thought she did yes. that well. Yeah, so, I'm defending yeah. Amelia Clark. Oh, oh, hey, oh, good wow. special effects on the dragons. One, I'll, I'll give yeah. that. Go ahead, Ian. One thing I've been happy about this season is she has not seemed like she's obsessed with Dario. So that's yeah. that's been one positive. Hmm. But, I hate um, that. <laughs> you hate that? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the whole Dario thing. I think it's you know Danny getting in touch with her dragon. The whole Dario yeah, thing. I think it's a, a bit of a teenage, like you know, the whole teenage hormonal infatuation as well. To show that, that a little bit of that girly crush stuff, right? Yeah, that's isn't it interesting that they haven't nerves. even talked about Dario since he was sent off. We have no idea what's going on with him. He's with Gendry. Growing. I just thought like the chemistry between Amelia Clark and um, Michael Huseman that his name has not been yeah. very great at all nope. well the fact that they couldn't show a sex scene didn't help <laughs> it's kind of like just just take off your clothes cut, fade to black yeah thank you maybe he'll be cast as hall hunt next season <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the issues i didn't like with these two scenes um because they were back to back was they had this such a sad like music to help amplify her leaving her dragons in the catacombs but like with the guy revealing his child, like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. I know I what you're saying. Like, to Danny, her no. dragons are more important. Her her dragons are her children, I guess. So, um, <laughs> that was my, know, that's mine. Yeah, they are her children. It was funny yeah, how easily children, she was have. able to chain them because you know in the books, yeah. a lot of people right. die getting that job done. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. And I yeah, didn't buy uh, that those chains were that heavy. Again, her acting failed. <laughs> well, you know, when she clamped the chains around their necks, my sister goes, what is that, a magnet? Because she just very easily just kind of clipped them together. Yeah. Yeah. It, looked iron. it looked awkward. I, I thought it looked a bit awkward. Yeah. I was just wondering if the dragons could easily slip out of those chains because their heads yeah. go in. <laughs> those, you know, they, they taper. Their head tapers through their neck. You know, it's not like a, a huge head and a neck. It's just, you know, a smooth <laughs> head and neck, you know, and then putting a chain around that. I think they'd slip out of it. Maybe that's, it's like one of those things where, like, the more you struggle, the more it tightens. Oh, God. I know, that's like a torture device. <laughs> oh. Magic chains. <laughs> how to chain your dragon. Okay. <laughs> I think Danny needs to learn how to train her dragons. She does. <laughs> she does. Okay, good so, scene, though. Overall, good Danny this episode, yeah. I would say. Yes, I liked it. Okay, uh, Eamon at the wall. So he's giving the funeral rites for the dead men. And uh, they're burning their bodies. And through the flames, we see Melisandre. Um, and then the next scene is of John, and he's speaking with Tormon, and he asks him if he wants him to say any words for his dead men. Um, and he says, the dead can't hear us. John turns to leave, Tormon stops him, and they talk a little bit about Ygritte, and he tells him that she belongs in the north. So the next scene is of John building a funeral pyre and lighting it on fire, and we see him burning up Ygritte's body. It was pretty short. Um, any thoughts? Um, the scene with Melisandre, whenever she's looking through the flames and she sees Jon Snow, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a part where Melisandre says, like, when I look into the flame, all I see yes. is snow? snow. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was And I thought that was pretty that, cool. Though. Yeah, I thought yeah. that too when I saw it. <laughs> that quote came I into thought, my I thought that was a really beautifully shot scene. Um, the the scene of when John's laying Igret's body to rest and oh, yeah. you know, he does it near a weirwood, which is sort of very apt in the scenario mm-hmm. because, you know, the free folk keep the old gods and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Igret's bow was made of weirwood as well in the books. And she just she just looked really peaceful, just sort of finally at rest. So I thought that was a really lovely scene. Yeah. I was happy they took the time for that. It was kind of a nice moment in this episode. I liked it. Yeah, yeah a little think- nice bit of like respite, I guess. Yeah. I think even Jon Snow's hair even reflected this episode because he was pretty sad. <laughs> His hair was sad this episode. His hair was sad. <laughs> was it? I didn't notice. <laughs> I have to say, droopy. It was limping sad. <laughs> <laughs> Even his hair was sad. That's some grief. That's love. The curls, yes, yes. His the curls weren't even maintained right. I mean, oh, his no. hair was sad. Oh, Maybe was he sad lost his pantane. When, <laughs> when you can't even take the time to apply your gel, that's that's hard. <laughs> that's, that's tough, tough times. Yes. Okay. 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 So this scene is going to be a bit controversial as well. Um, it's Hodor, Bran, Mira, Jojen, and Summer, and. Um, so Mira is afraid for her brother. He's not doing well. Um, Jojen's failing. Um, Bran yells at them um, when he's at the top of this hill with Hodor. And uh, they look up and they see this massive weirwood tree in the distance. And it, this is the one where I was going to say some beautiful scenery. It beautiful, was so gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And it was really magical. So had... I'm sorry. What was that, Ian? I just want a weirwood tree so bad. Yeah, they're gorgeous. It had the you know, the shot of the, the tree with the sun kind of streaming behind it and all surrounded by snow. I thought it was really magical. Yeah. I just would like one without a creepy old man living under <laughs> Yeah. Well you you get pests every now and then. <laughs> Okay, so time to bring in the exterminators. <laughs> uh, so they're crossing this flat plain, heading towards the tree. When a skeletal arm reaches up um, from the ground and grabs Jojen. Oh, and uh, okay, okay. I know, I know, this isn't in the books at all. But no. I kind of loved these skeletons. Were they meant to be white? Because they just look like white. <laughs> no, they're beyond that. They're like they're like Jason and the Argonaut skeletons, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. Nineteen sixty stop motion picture. But they're like, <laughs> they're like Army of better. Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yes. <laughs> where, where was Ash when we needed him? I, I don't. We should have heard Jason actually... all in the background. That's the best crossover ever. Ash just oh, jumps over God. the hill. I don't think the writers intended for this scene to be hilarious, but I was laughing my way through it for quite a while. so funny. Uh, Mira was a total badass. Like, oh, I was, she was. I yeah. love Mira in this scene. She was so fucking cool. Um, as was Summer, who saves Bran. Um, <laughs> well, when one is trying to jump on Bran, and then immediately after that, Bran wargs... Um, into Hodor. Um, we see a scene where Mira is saving Jojen. She pushes him down in a way and uh, Jojen sees screams and tells them to run and save themselves. And then he is stabbed repeatedly <laughs> by one of the skeletons. 
two more skeletons um, are running at the husk that is Bran's body, and then we see a fireball. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Fireball? What is this? Um, and one of the children um, pops out and tells um, them they have to come with her if they want to live. Um, Mira hugs her brother and ends his life before running to the tree to join them. Um, the child tosses another fireball at Jojen's body, <laughs> and then a couple more for good measure at the skeletons outside. Yeah. Okay, so uh, help. Uh, <laughs> uh, the ch- that children, that child of the forest, is named Leaf, and from what I remember, right, she never throws fireballs. Um, she has oh, a torch. Yeah. She she's has a torch, a torch. And she's very yeah. fast, and she's darting in and out, and she's catching these whites on fire and we also have cold hot hands too yeah yeah right and it looks like it was daylight and from what i thought that whites only came out at night but they're not whites they're just they're just creepy skeletons (laughs) yeah it was kind of of dusky i think (laughs) it was close it was earlier and then it cuts to it being slightly darker so i would look like it was sitting yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, they are in the north. Right. Maybe it's like, you know, in the north on Earth, where they have extended <laughs> long daylight. Yeah, hours. Hours. Maybe. But not in winter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I like so that funny we're arguing this point. <laughs> I know. It's funny that we were talking last podcast about effects and how it can affect your enjoyment of the story. Because that was really illustrated in this episode for me. <laughs> The skeletons really were just scene. not very well done to me. And the yeah. whole leaf throwing the fire was just kind of the cringy kind of fantasy stuff yeah. that Game of Thrones yeah. has avoided so far. It uh, makes I thought me it was worried. a bummer. It honestly worries yeah. me for later on whenever they do have more magical, yeah. whimsical things happening. What are they going to do? I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was to me just a cringer. I was cringing and laughing a little bit and yeah. I was only upset later about Jojen because at the moment it was all just kind of too hilarious. I don't know. I can't comprehend. Even the scene where Jojen's getting stabbed looked comical to that me. Was, it was a skeleton. Was, it was. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. I that well, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> 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 This I is think, what it's come to, us laughing uh, maniacally at little like, like, kids getting killed. I, I, I well, no, not the fact that he died. It was the, the, the animation that was funny. It wasn't the fact that he was dying. <sighs> was it? No, no, but it was funny how he died. <laughs> I wasn't expecting Jojen to die in this episode. No, yeah, yeah, neither was I. Book, I that mean, didn't surprise me. He hinted that he might be dead because of Jojen yeah. paste. Yeah, are we oh, going to spared that? We not? We Let's not with the Jojen pace. No? <laughs> I don't know if we're spared it. It's hard to know because, yeah. you know, it is clear that he's failing in the books. And yes. there is a lot of focus on that weird pace. So who knows? I don't think it disproves Jojen pace, they, unfortunately. They, they you know what was interesting to me is... Body, though. <laughs> speaking of the fireball, remember back in... Oh, oh, I can't remember what episode it was. Maybe episode five? Um, where Jojen has that vision and his his hand is on fire. I thought that was, you know, you think that that's a bit of foreshadowing, perhaps, to uh, of the terrible fireball we were going to see. <laughs> yes. Well, hell, that fireball pretty much made him into Jojen paste. Oh, 
<laughs> Maybe oh, I can make a paste from the ash. Oh. <laughs> okay. I will say, though, I did like that barrier thing in the wall where whenever the skeletons are running and they turn into, like, just skeleton powder and everything, that was pretty Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. I was a fan. I know you guys don't like the skeletons. I was a fan of the skeletons. Uh, not so much fireballs. <laughs> Get out! We needed, we, needed, out. we needed some moments of levity in this episode, so that certainly provided that. It was a laugh. For sure. <laughs> so sure inside, uh, the tree uh, unintended, but inside the tree, they're following the child and uh, a leaf. Is it? And leaf. yeah, he. Um, they come across. Um, a man who is, of course, um, Brendan Rivers, a.k.a. Blood Raven. Um, he tells them that Jojen knew what would happen if uh, they traveled this way and that he's been watching them for one th- uh, with 1,000 eyes and one. Tells Bran he's here to find what he once lost. Bran asks if, it, if he's going to walk again, and he says, no, but you will fly. So that's the end of that. Um, any comments? Well, that was some book lines so i guess that yeah. was nice yeah I, I enjoyed that they kept that line in yeah mm-hmm. i was it, a bit was kind of a i was a bit perturbed by so. what was that talk <laughs> it didn't make much sense in the books though because he he does walk in the same way he flies later on oh yeah sorry spoilers <laughs> i think we did the spoiler i think um, i was curious say, he may fly a different way eventually yes mm, maybe Hmm. Um, I was I was slightly perturbed by the way that Blood Raven actually looked because when I was reading the books, I was kind of expecting. I think they describe him as kind of being emaciated and he's you know all white with the one eye and he's sort of meant to be part of the tree. But here yeah. it kind of looked like this guy was just kind of you know leaning back against a tree with a couple yeah. of branches yeah. over him. Those were very clean tree roots. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't. I, as I needed dirt as I thought it was yeah. going to be. In my head, when I was reading this cha- the chapters, I, I just had, like, a real creepy sense, dark, great craggly yeah. roots, like him being almost wooden-looking himself. And he just looked like a dude getting ready to watch <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I, I think the children of the forest need a better housekeeper, because all those skulls, maybe they could get yeah. a dwarf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was another thing. The weird ADR on Leaf's voice. Did anyone else notice that? I don't think I did, no. No, no I can't say I did. Really strange. <laughs> okay. I guess uh, they were trying to make her sound like a woman, but <laughs> okay. maybe it didn't work. I, I heard it pointed out, and then I tried to listen for it on a second watch, and I didn't really see anything out of the ordinary. Okay, um, so the next scene is um, Brienne, and she's popping her head up, and she's saying the horses are gone and we see pod pop his head up and she starts questioning him about, about his um not tying skills why isn't she questioning whether one of them was on watch why wasn't one of them watching through the night <laughs> this is true <laughs> um she um tells him he's carrying the saddlebags the rest of the way uh they come across uh, she comes across aria practicing her water dancing Arya spots Brienne and uh, she yells to the hound, you can take a shit later, there are people coming. It's <laughs> a good line. Uh, they converse about uh, their swords a little bit um, and their fathers. And uh, Brienne says her father told her, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Um, Arya gets a smile on her face like she likes that. And uh, then the hound steps out. Um, Brienne introduces herself. Pod identifies him right off the bat as the hound. 
Um, Brie then quickly figures out that this is Arya that is with him. Uh, Brienne says she wishes that she could have protected Catelyn. Um, the Hound accuses her of being after his bounty on his head and points out her fancy sword, tells her to deny that that's not Lannister gold. Arya tells them uh, the Bloody Gates is ten miles and she will not go with Brienne. The Hound tells her Arya isn't going with them, draws his sword slightly, and Brienne draws hers. Brienne tells Arya to come and she'll take her to safety. The Hound tells her, none too kindly, <laughs> that there is no safety. And she's the wrong one to watch over her. And then they fight. Arya runs away. Pod chases after her. So I am chicky. I know you were not looking forward to this. <laughs> so we'll, um, we'll lead with you, I think. Well, the fight was really cool. I mean, it was really well done. And that's the good thing I have to say about this. <laughs> I know. I think. I think this whole conflict would have been resolved if Pod would have just reached in that damn saddlebag and handed Arya that wolf bread. <laughs> you probably ate it. Yeah. I, 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 I can imagine a scene that went on between the two of them later that afternoon. Pod, why does the wolf bread not have a head anymore? <laughs> yeah. And, like, one of the biggest plot holes for me... And I think Liam has even mentioned it it too Is whenever Arya and the Hound go to the Bloody Gates Those soldiers should have been fired, okay? Because this is the Hound He's a member of the Kingsguard Even commoners recognize him He's saying, hey, I have Arya Stark Yep You would think they would have, like, maybe questioned them Oh god! I mean, there's Robert Aaron I know, there's Robert Aaron There's, you know, Peter Baelish up there I think people have an interest in Arya Stark. Yeah, I'm pretty they sure would. I did say that um, in that episode, too. Like, so are they just going to let these guys walk away? It made no sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, you're you a guard and you let that slip, you lose your job. Or, you know, in <laughs> medieval world, they, <laughs> yeah. they lose their head. <laughs> I know, like, it's going against the grain, but I, I really, I enjoyed the fight scene. Like, it's just, just. The, for the, the the staging of it, that it was like a real fight, you know. I'm a, yeah, it was a real fight. Yeah, look, I I like the fight scene too. I have no issues with the way that it was staged. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was more the reason behind the fight scene that I had to took issue with. I the the idea of uh, two already damaged characters <laughs> fighting simply for the spectacle of fighting. In my opinion, that's why they did it. Um, oh. Just left a really bitter taste in my mouth. Isn't that kind of the point of the whole series? Well, not really, because, I mean, I think in terms of Brienne's characterization, uh, the point is that she she usually doesn't fight just for the point of fighting. Well, she wasn't fighting for the point of fighting. She she was fighting because she the, this guy that who was obviously known as a monster throughout yeah. the whole No, no, in, in the context, I understand how they wrote the scene, but I just feel like it was an unnecessarily added scene. I mean, well, I didn't see filler. the point. It was filler it. in well, the right. right. was, yeah. In my opinion, it was they wanted to have a cool fight, so they thought, hey, let's toss these two cool fighters together and see what happens. Bingo. And I, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I had yeah, no issues I, with the fight itself. I thought it was... A, it was really well done. It's, yeah. It was really exciting to watch. The actors gave it their all. You could tell they were, 
you know, oh, yeah. really doing everything they could. Like the ball kicking, the cunt kicking, the ear. Right. And oh. I think um, yeah. Chicky, Chicky was saying to me that she loved the fact that it was a sort of a really equal fight. Do you want to talk about that slightly, Chicky? Or? I, I mean, I did think it was a really equal fight. I kind of appreciated the fact that it was a man fighting a woman, but he didn't pull mm. a single punch. You could tell he was yeah. completely going for it. And a lot of times on TV or in movies, even when a woman is, is touted to be a very good fighter and when people are trying to kill her, you just kind of get the feeling that it's very choreographed. Yep. Whereas this mm-hmm. turned dirty as soon as Sandra got the sword away from her. Yeah. And I love that yeah. aspect of it. Rock at one point. Yeah. That was, yeah. For me, yeah, they let Brienne be a real badass. And this is one of those. Yeah. I just appreciate that. My fingers. Let's go, Eon. Uh, go ahead, Eon. You go first, then we'll be Torg. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Where do I start? I mean, I really don't think that Brienne would have drawn her sword first. I thought that was kind of off. But as far as the fight scene, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, they clearly, both of them wanted to protect Arya. They had Arya in their best interest, and then they fight. And, ah. About you, Tark? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't, yeah, I thought it was, all, I, I didn't, it was a really gory scene. I'm not quite into that sort of icky stuff. But <laughs> Lot Lot loved it. There's so much to say. Yeah. But yeah, I I I would say I liked the addition of it. I I liked the uh sort of hey what what would happen if Brienne of Tarth fought, yeah. fought Sandra Clegane. It was kind of like one of those fanboy moments, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Sure That's was. what I was about to trying to, sure to form up in my head. It just felt like, and Chicky, you probably know of in Reddit where they do the battle where they pit against pit one oh, character yeah. against the other. <laughs> it just felt like two dude bros were just like, "Hey, what would yep. it be like if we had we made Brian and Sander fight?" Yeah, that was I'm the writer's sure room. That, Chiki that and is I had exactly that exact what happened in the writer's room. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. those conversations actually happen in the series. That, if I remember correctly, I mean, they, I don't think they actually specifically mentioned Brienne, but they're like, okay, well, would would the Hound beat Loras Tyrell? I don't know. Yeah, one thing I did like about the fight, though, is we we saw Brienne go into like a berserker mode because whenever she's in the that. melee. Whenever she's in the melee, she went into something, some sort of berserker mode. Right. And that's and kind of, re- that. that kind of reflects yeah. too with Dunk, right? Like he has that yeah. berserker rage that kind of just overtakes him and he kind of blacks out. <laughs> yeah. When she started screaming, it was great. Really the only misstep in the fight for me was when she bit off his ear. It seemed like a weird, we're going to do this no matter what moment. Yeah. I, I um, that was really the only either. kind of like. One moment for me, I just was kind of. I get it. No, I get the it. Only, the only way she could have fought him off was to bite his ear. It yeah, it didn't didn't really make me. sense with what was happening well, physically mean, at that exactly. moment. I'm gonna defend he it. Her, he kicked her in the cooch. I mean, come yeah. on. You think it was? <laughs> you think it was revenge? <laughs> she deserved it. Yeah. Revenge. Marianne no, just wants revenge. I don't even think she was thinking in that moment. Like she's snapped she's totally clearly because she could have done a lot of other things that would have been more effective yeah i was gonna say the only reason that was in there was because in the book she bites off fargo hoot's ear and they thought that was awesome and they thought they should include it here even though they kind of shoehorned it in what was happening yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I would have preferred if it was Locke. <laughs> but, <laughs> Obviously, we all would have. We all would. <laughs> but uh, that I, actually made sense. It didn't. It wasn't like completely glaringly off for me to have it in there it, it, during that 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 scene for me anyway. And can we just say how ridiculous it is, ridiculous it is for him to be bitten by people twice in one season? Yeah. <laughs> what was the I point feel like that was a short bite. What was the point of the initial bite other than, you know, know, let's put in some more senseless score? Because I think we all thought after that, that wound is the one that's going to fester and is going to, you know. know. What you know. Is, right? The point is, well, he was bitten, so he's feverish and weak. Yeah, so he that's was weak why Brian totally. was able to be and able to They may have totally. been wise to do that because a lot of the fanboys are pissed yep. off that she yep. beat him. They and sure I'm like, are. And that's you know, what she's reading already. They're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't, under, don't underestimate Brienne. <laughs> yeah, don't underestimate her. She'll you call her a stupid bitch and this is what happens. Okay? <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get. No ear for you. No, I don't mean that. I love her. In the she will it. fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brienne gets up after the fight and she starts screaming for Arya. Um, Pod directs her to where he thinks she went and she, of course, is not there. She's um, hiding behind a rock waiting for them to leave. Uh, she walks down to where the hound is laying badly hurt. Um, she tells him that he's going to die. Um, Arya is showing zero emotion. Um, she will not go with Brienne. The hound asks her if she remembers where the heart is. And he says, go on. Um, cross another name off your list. Um, she doesn't move. He taunts her about Micah. He taunts her about Sansa. And still she does not move. He begs her. And then she gets up takes his purse and leaves him to die. Uh, so Rory McCann, right? Oh, I mean, oh he gosh. turned it on for this scene. Oh, yes. Casey, too. I, I'm going to give some... Yeah, purses. they were amazing. They were both great. They have some oh. great chemistry, I think, as well. They did. I've watched yeah. that scene, I've watched the episode three times, and just watching him at that scene, it still makes me a little emotional about it. I mean, whenever he's begging her... Yeah. Oh gosh, he did such a great job. He did a great job. Gee, yeah. Eon, you watched it three times. Was this is some form of self punishment? <laughs> yes, it was. Tor- it was torture. I-, I had such a hard time doing the second watch. I got oh, minutes I- in, and I just wanted to turn my. I kept looking off. at the time remaining when I was doing my rewatch. Like, you guys on Sunday, on Sunday night. After the episode, I was so mad because I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to watch this two more times. And I couldn't really. That's so funny. Like I, I, I just finished my rewatch about two hours ago because I was putting it off to the last minute. <laughs> She's still better. Okay, uh, so the next scene is uh, Tyrion in his cell, um, and he, he doesn't look at who's coming into the cell, and he just says, get on with it, you son of a whore, and Jamie replies, is that any way to speak about our mother? I, I, I like that line. <laughs> hi, hi, actual book, Jamie. Nice to see you. Right. <laughs> so um, Tyrion asks who's helping him, and he tells him Varys. He leads Tyrion through the tunnels. Um, they have a touching hug and a kiss goodbye. Tyrion says thank you for my life and then he does not go where Jamie directs him to. He takes a detour. Uh, you find him popping up into the Tower of the Hand where you find Shay in his father's bed. She moans, uh, Tywin, my lion. 
and uh, she recognizes it's Tyrion, and she immediately reaches for a knife. They wrestle in the bed. He uh, manages to strangle her with a chain, and uh, very unbelievably, I might add, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> Tyrion says, I'm sorry. Uh, he eyes Joffrey's crossbow, and we hear the reins of Castamir lightly playing in the background. So before we go on to that bit, let's talk about this whole Shay and Tyrion scene. What about what about to? Jamie and Tyrion? Oh, Jamie yeah, and Tyrion. Jamie and Tyrion. <laughs> so? I mean, the highlight of the episode was, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was a total cop-out. I mean, you can tell with D&D that I think this is one of their favorite characters, and they didn't want to do yeah. the whole dark turn with Tyrion. That's how I felt. You're talking about the Tysha thing. Yeah. Talk about it, Eon, in case listeners don't yeah. know. That's with the Tysha. Yes, okay, with Tysha. Whenever Jamie is freeing Tyrion, he reveals that Tysha, his former wife, was not a whore. He lied about it. And it totally enrages Tyrion. And Tyrion says, hey, guess what? I killed I killed Joffrey. I poisoned him. And you know what? Xerxes has been screwing Fucking Lancel. Lancel. <laughs> Fucking Lancel. The Kettle Blacks and Moon, Moon Boy. For all, he For all we know. <laughs> For all. Rages. Oh, you're breaking up. Tyrion goes up to that's do you hear me a little bit try again okay okay well where do you want me to start oh <laughs> uh, you're at um well for me I, if i can just add on i think by him not sharing that exchange that you know about taisha it eliminates Tyrion's rage and the reason why yes. he goes searching out his father like it didn't I agree. why why did he make the detour right yeah because it, it like- didn't seem like an intelligent move Jamie's telling him to hurry and and he runs off and does that. In the books, you're in Tyrion's head for this and you feel him almost have like a, a break, like a psychotic God. break. Yep. He, yes. he he goes from thinking strategic Tyrion into just like almost a Jamie action mode and he's just acting. And it's it's really well done. And it's clear that what Jamie has just revealed to him about Taisha, his first wife, um, has driven him over the edge. And that motivation seems to be lacking in this. Now, you don't hear many show-only watchers complaining about his motivation. I think maybe if he had actually um, murdered Shay the way that he does in the books, where, you know, she doesn't reach for a knife. It's it's pretty much he just kills her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if that had happened, maybe show watchers would be a little bit more intrigued about what his motives were. But yeah, I I felt I felt the lack of motivation in the show personally. And like I it said, every- the- go ahead, Ian. That to me, it just made everything seem flat. I didn't. It didn't even like hold any emotion to killing Shay. It just seemed like mm. he was. It was killing. He was killing her in self defense almost because she reaches for a knife. It was self defense. I wouldn't say yeah. it was self-defense at all. I would say <laughs> she was defending herself because I mean, and I, I know it. They probably were trying to make it look like it was self-defense on his part, but to me, it looked like she was defending herself against him, the aggressor. She reached for the knife first, though. Well, because she, I'm felt pretty sure she, yeah, felt threatened. You think she felt threatened? Oh, definitely. And it's, I mean, it's in her character to preemptively protect herself 
when she feels threatened. As any smart whore would. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, though, the whole strangulation scene, it just looks so terrible. (laughs) If if somebody's choking you, you're going to fight. Like, there's that one point where her arms are lying flat against the bed. Like, she's not even attempting to reach for the chain around her neck. Yeah, it felt very Desdemona to me. It was kind of that. I'll just let you strangle me. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, very underwhelming. This whole Shay and Tyrion, and then Tywin and, and Tyrion, it, it was very underwhelming when it should have been. been. Um, oh, go ahead, Tark. Uh, if I might go back to the Taisha thing, that was one of my favorite, the most devastating thing I had read up to that point in the books, and that's like including all of the deaths and crap. Just because just it's one of those personal jabs and it was just one of the worst things. I felt so low after reading it. And I think that's the reason why this scene felt sort of empty. If I had gone into it not uh, uh, not knowing that that's what was supposed to happen, I don't I think I would have been perfectly happy with it. I think yeah. part of the problem is that they tried to make this Taisha Shay amalgam of a character because I think they were probably concerned that they hadn't spoken of Taisha in what two seasons or more, mm-hmm. so that they were probably concerned that the show watches. I know they could have they could have done it previously and they could have mentioned her, but I think they were concerned that the show watchers probably wouldn't have recalled. So instead, they tried to use Shay. Um, for both characters, and to me, it didn't ring true. Um, And I know there were... You go ahead, Ian. I mean, last season, it was Tyrion down and tells him he's going to marry Sansa. Tyrion reminds him that, hey, do you remember I was married before? Yeah, but it was just a throwaway line. Oh, I've already been married once. It wasn't... I mean, to show watchers, I don't think that's something that really would have stuck in their minds. Although they certainly brought back older things before. I'm not saying that they couldn't have done it. I think that was probably the motivation for not having Taisha back. I'm not saying it was a particularly good one. Um, But like I said, I think they tried to use Shay in that role instead and it didn't ring true because (laughs) Shay is not... Well, he just killed her and also the fact that, you know, it it was a (laughs) real betrayal for, for Tyrion to find out that, you know, Jamie had this part in... You know, mm-hmm. something that Tyrion always believed to be true wasn't. So as you were saying, Chicky, you see this break in him where what he, you know, his world view is totally changed. What he believed to be true was no longer true. Yeah. Um, this, I, I just want to, what Ian was saying earlier, like this is the point where Tyrion really flips, you know, like this is, mm-hmm. he's no longer this great character that everybody knows in Game of Thrones. He right. turns where he... It's right, it's right. Everything and he loves is turned against him and he becomes bitter and he becomes a mess. Right. Him killing and I think his it's father... More, I don't think that's... I think it's more whitewashing and, of Tyrion because, you know, in the, in the books he acts really... I mean... He acts really spitefully towards Jamie in response to that, you know, telling him that, no, it's me that killed your son. And, oh, by the way, you know, the woman you love has actually been fucking around on you with multiple other guys. Um, but we didn't get any of that at all. It's more, you know, Tyrion, <laughs> I guess, you know, um, no, no rift with Jamie, no spitefulness. Uh, he didn't murder Shay. He was acting in self-defense. They're really, it was whitewashing to me again. With Tyrion, yeah. Uh, and- yeah. We, you know, 
you, you guys can uh, call me terrible for this opinion as well. But I'm just um, going to give you a preemptive get out. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you. Um, well, I, I She's do like, think I'll take that. <laughs> I, I do think that this episode was definitely not as good. This scene was definitely not as good as it could have been, but. It's I I really disliked Tyrion's chapters in A Dance with Dragons, and if he's going to be happy, fun Tyrion on an adventure, I am going to be all for it. That, I don't uh, think he's going to be happy, fun Tyrion, but well, he's going to be happy or fun or not, yeah. not like drinking himself into a stupor I mean, and trying. He's to take off to join the circus, so they could be yeah. off the head. <laughs> okay, well, we're really um, going long on this one. I know we we warned them. We warned them. We warned them that, but let's move it. Yeah. the next scene um so this is the happy father's day tywin scene <laughs> tywin is um <laughs> sitting on the shitter and uh Tyrion <laughs> comes in with the crossbow and um immediately uh you see tywin try to take control of the situation and he says let's let's go speak in my chambers um and uh he he Tyrion tells him you've always wanted me dead he admits yeah I did but you know what I admire you for not dying (laughs) (laughs) he calls him a Lannister and that he wouldn't let him die calls him his son he's really laying out laying it on thick (laughs) Tyrion says that he loves Shay tells him he murdered her and Tywin says it doesn't matter she was a whore and Tyrion does not like that okay and he warns him not to use that word when Tywin uses the word whore again uh, Tywin uh shoots him with one of the, the bolts. Um, Tywin says you're... And again, there's, a, there's another issue here with with them trying to do that whole Taisha shade, same person thing, because in the books, it is again Tyrion reacting to Tywin calling her a whore, but it, it's understandable yeah. in that case that he would right. go off his nuts when, he, when Tywin says that because of what he's just found out about the fact that she wasn't a whore. But in the yeah. in the show, well, Shay is a whore. Okay. Right. <laughs> so mad. Yeah. Shay was such a poor substitute for Taisha. She was. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, anyway, he gets shot again um, through the heart. So that's the end of Tywin. Um, the next scene, uh, well, Varys comes in and asks him, what have you done? And the next scene, you see Tyrion getting put into a box and then onto a boat. And you see Varys turn to walk back towards um, uh, the city. And then you hear the bells starting to toll. Uh, and uh, Varys turns around and gets uh, back on the boat. <laughs> so. Price listed. Because that was just like Varys. He's like looking and he hears the bells and he's like, fuck. Yep. I really liked... Um, just as an, a slight aside, although it is re- related to the scene, is um, various looking back. And I think, I don't know, as I was going through the episode again, you sort of get that sense that that was a, an, a recurring theme in this episode of people not looking back, I guess, and, and not being able to go back because, um, you know, with Danny, for example, when she locks her dragons away and then she, she looks back, but she has to keep going. And then, um, again, with various, with Tyrion, none of those people can go back to where they were. And with the next scene, also with Arya at the end, you know, she, you have a kind of glancing back to, uh, to Westeros and then, you know, running across the ship and looking forward. And so I, I kind of like that, the way the, that thematic, um, sort of thing was running throughout the episode. Uh, are we giving them that credit? Well, I don't know. That's what <laughs> that I would be sense. doing. <laughs> am, I, am I overanalyzing, Chicky? <laughs> no, you're probably I right. I will admit that I'm, I'm pretty happy that 
Varys hopped on the boat with Tyrion because Corneth Hill has been awesome as Varys. And in the books, after this happens, you don't see Varys at all until the epilogue of A Dance with Dragons. And throughout this series, I've I've been wondering about what's going to happen with Varys. And so... Do you think he and Tyrion are going to hang out and have some good times? (laughs) In Pentos? Join the circus. Maybe for a little bit. I I think I could get behind that. I could stand them having some scenes together. I have to backtrack a little bit and say this scene, this this section with Tyrion kind of ended up being a wash with Jaime because Jaime actually got a tiny bit of whitewashing in that the Taisha thing wasn't included. Because, of course, Jaime has, you know, deceived Tyrion. Then they kind of undid it because Varys voluntarily came for Tyrion, and of course there is a theory that in the books that perhaps he was planning this. But yeah. um, uh, you know, Jamie forces Varys in the books to come help Tyrion, and and he, you know, kind of puts Varys in a position where he can't go home again. Yeah. A decision that Varys makes for himself, Jamie forces on him in the books. So I did feel like they took yet one more thing away from Jamie. Yep, they did. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like a little. It was. It felt weird, like when he was just saying, "Oh, you have more friends than you think." Varys is helping yeah. me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. We've got so, Varys and three um, of the King's Guard. They're waiting for you. Everyone's in on it. So, um, the end, the last I, scene. Oh. I, I I do want to mention that I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't have Tywin's little not shitting gold bit. The 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 show has a pattern of cutting out the shit if you will you know they they cut out it you wasn't know, people... it wasn't a line though no, it wasn't a verbal it was like it was... no, no but you, you had some shit in there you didn't hear or see any shit and that, oh god you wanted to say it i mean <laughs> she wanted a close-up of the toilet bowl yeah i mean first strong bellwaz's epic steamer gets the act the axe i mean if they cut out danny's diarrhea in the dothraki oh, no, oh, i'm gonna no. be done not the flux <laughs> oh, not the bloody flops. Not the pale mare. <laughs> oh, god. oh god. Okay, I'm going on. Oh, get out. Of <laughs> course, she gets to the port and um, tells the captain there that she wants to go north to the wall. He tells her he's going home to Bravos. Uh, he pretty much refuses taking her to the north, obviously. And then she gives him a coin and says, Valor Margolis, uh, he allows her bo- to board and tells her she will have a cabin. Um, so the final shot is Arya getting on the boat. <clears throat> so my final question, one out of five, what do you give this episode with one being the lowest five? Being oh. <laughs> we'll start with I gotta that. say something about the Arya scene. Okay. Um, I loved yeah. the music over that scene. As oh, a matter of fact, I think the I music throughout the episode was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. It was the, that theme song variation that they were doing. I thought that was absolutely gorgeous. I yeah, really, it felt really, really epic. It did. It really, it's like she's, you know, going on an epic journey, which, you yeah. know. The episode is. didn't earn it, but it did feel epic. No, it did. <laughs> and along with the, the scenery that they had as well, they had the sort of coastline of the rolling hills. I thought it was all just a really stunningly shot scene. Well, it was. And Arya had just, like, you know, teleported from the bloody yeah, gate. Yeah. So that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought the ending the finale was very exciting for her character development because it was very exciting in the book. She's going to Bravos, but it's what I was expecting. I was pretty pissed. 
Yeah. You know what was really irritating was at the end when, you know, I think we were all expecting, spoiler alert, I think we were all expecting Lady Stoneheart at the end. And what was really yeah. irritating was that there was this really unusually long time between the fade to black and the credits. Yeah. And they were so fucking with us. They were. <laughs> I think that's why I couldn't enjoy the slash scene with Arya because I'm like, there's no fucking Stoneheart. What the hell? Like, that was me during that entire yeah. scene. I was hoping until the very last second, and then when they'd yes. start panning out with the long shot of the boat, I'm like, yeah, that's it. No stone heart. Well, oh. <laughs> they had the perfect opportunity to have the best cliffhanger ever. Yeah. Not just the best cliffhanger, but it's hot. It would have tied in really well with the, with the, the episode with Tywin's death because, you know, yeah. with the perpetrator of the Red Wedding, and oh, it was just. It was a re- it's a hugely missed opportunity in my opinion. I've seen people argue to the contrary that um, you know Stoneheart isn't a huge part of the series. She really only impacts at this stage Jamie and Bren's storylines. Oh, but I, I don't, I don't know. I think people are still no. I just I disagree. About, like, I, th- the, I think yes, people are still hurt and upset about the loss of the Starks. And I can yeah. remember whenever I first read A Storm of Swords. Whenever the Lady Stoneheart reveal happened, I was so excited because, you know, yeah, look, I, I for the start. That. I disagree with the opinion I just said of what, what I've seen online. <laughs> um, and I think, no, no, I'm saying I don't think that it's, it's unimportant to the storyline. I think it would have been a perfect cliffhanger. And I think um, Chicky mentioned yesterday that um, the longer they wait to introduce Stoneheart, the more less impactful it's going to well the less impact and also the more it just appears that they're doing it for shock value like it's yeah it won't tie in as well with what the storyline yeah. is doing it's going to feel so much more hand of god i think waiting yeah, another exactly. season it's like yeah. oh we've got to shock them and i mean obviously show watchers aren't going to know that that is a book thing yeah. we know it but no, if i were a show watcher i think i'd be like oh yeah remember her you're bringing her back two seasons later and the brother I don't know. banners that like there was nothing of that yeah none of it. It, it i don't know to me it wasn't wasn't the best storytelling choice it isn't just because i expected her um right. you know i mean we expected her because we could see this symmetry of it, it, it well that's sense. right we expected her because it yeah it's right it's it's the logical choice in my it would have been the perfect bookend i think i, I read yeah. an extremely uh distressing uh theory that they would cut Lady Stoneheart out completely and kill Jamie yeah. and Brand separately on different in different areas of the world and it, it just bummed me out all day. Well, well, that that interview that came out there's an interview that came out recently with Alex Graves where oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alex Graves There we go. Why did they let him do press? Why haven't they gagged him yet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did he say? Uh, Oh, uh, he was just talking about, you know, oh, we'd never planned to have Stoneheart. It just, it gave this impression to me that they were, you know, looking at the, the popular opinion online and kind of being really patronizing about it. Like, ha ha, this is what everyone was expecting, but oh. no suckers. Well, he he <laughs> also he, vaguely implied he, she may never make an appearance. Right. He was more saying... She she doesn't really do much in the end of A Storm of Swords. She just kind of stands there. So I oh, could yeah. see not wanting to bring the actress back where she doesn't actually say anything until later does. when she actually does say stuff. She says, like, five lines. <laughs> she never really does do anything. 
<laughs> in the storm of oh well yeah it's kind of hard when you don't have I just I, look I just think it was a, a stupid interview to be honest <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a letdown anyway I, I never did get my one out of fives but I'll, I'll ignore that <laughs> we'll do it now <laughs> okay out yeah. of eating, uh, Torque, one out of five what do you give it uh three because they left out my favorite character Tom Bombadil <laughs> you are so random okay chicky <laughs> I'll give it a two. How about you, Whitey? Um, probably give it a one and a half. Whoa! One point five. Not here, not here. Okay, Eon. Sorry, folks. Inside. Joke. I'm gonna give it a two. I I was settling on a two as well. So that's not good, guys. No, it's I'm still better. I'm no. clouding everything. That's not. Good. The good news is it's hiatus now. So we can go on now and enjoy some good fan fiction instead of this poorly done fan fiction. <laughs> Ooh, that means we get to reread the books. Oh, that's right. Yay. That's a great that's segue. True. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, um, well, actually, we're going to do the thank yous first. Um, oh. Oh. I think we have YD doing that. You do, yes. Um, yeah, so we got... Uh, some really lovely thank yous this week. We got an email from Alice, um, who is Apples Are Happy on Tumblr. Uh, and it's just a sweet little message wishing us luck for the podcast this week. Um, and she also said that she looks forward to listening to us rage and or get drunk. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's actually drunk today. Is anyone Did anyone drink? Drinking? Did we? I'm drinking. I am drinking a little. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> there you go, Alice. I think we're giving you... I think we've given you both some rage and a little bit of a little bit drunk. I'm so glad we have this reputation. <laughs> um, so that was uh, that was emails. Uh, we had several Tumblr messages. Uh, my favourite from Jody. <laughs> I'm not doing I was I was oh dared gosh, by the other ladies of the laugh. podcast to read this in deadpan voice, but I'm afraid I'm unable to do that. Ooh, Sorry, here we go. Sorry. No maple syrup I'm, for you. Sorry. Oh no. Um Jody <laughs> says, ladies, you all know Jody is about making you feel good, but you made Jody feel so good by giving Jody his own theme song on your podcast. Jody would love to show his appreciation if you know what Jody means, and I think you do. <laughs> I believe there is. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Come on, do it. It it ends with, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Thank you, you, Jody. We appreciate your uh, very thoughtful input to the podcast. As always. (laughs) Uh, Next next Tumblr message from the wonderful F7, who we adore. She says on the uh, in relation to the last podcast fantastic episode and also very informative i love the tidbits of details that you guys remember from the book because honestly just like lot i practically know nothing great thanks (laughs) (laughs) i love how your opinions are different and that made the discussion more interesting in defense of this episode so she's talking about uh the battle at the wall. She said she loves it more than Blackwater. It was more emotional for me, and it's kind of weird considering I care about Lannisters more than the Jon Snow arc. And then she says, keep it up, guys, and please add more duration during the big finale. So I think we've actually uh, fulfilled that (laughs) request. So thank you so much, F7. We deliver. (laughs) We do. 
Uh, next Tumblr message is from Theatre Music Bookworm, who is the lovely Tori. She said she's just finished listening to the latest podcast. You ladies had me in near hysterics towards the end there. Keep up the good work. Um, so thank you so much, Tori. We have a message from either Via or Via 14 Lol, uh, who says, awesome review as per usual. Loved this episode, don't get me wrong, but don't you think it could have done with a little more Jamie and Brienne? <laughs> yes, I think we can agree. Yes. That is true um, of all episodes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she said, anyway, on to serious matters. Where the hell was Stannis? I think we were all saying that as well. Um, she said she was waiting, waited until the last five minutes of the episode and she was still looking for him. <laughs> Thank God you had someone on the podcast who felt my pain. Presumably comma. that's comma. Yay. <laughs> uh, and it said it made her feel a little better, just a little. So thank you, Via, or Via 14, lol. Uh, from Cynically Romantic, she says, I just want to say that I'm still ecstatic for the podcast, even with the atrocity of the finale. <laughs> I'm more glad than ever that you're all going to do book chapters instead of the show episodes. Still a proud chipper and don't give up on the gravy. Oh. Thank you, Cynically Romantic. Uh, and we had a couple of iTunes reviews from, uh, I think it was US iTunes store. Uh, from Beowulfie, uh, <laughs> who um, says thank you. She said thanks a lot. I have no, I had no knowledge of Lady Stoneheart before listening to the first episode, and now I'm Whoops. very worried. Well, you probably don't need to worry yet. <laughs> she said, I think you spoiler she warnings does. twenty minutes in. <laughs> She does give spoiler warnings at least 20 minutes in. Um, but she does say, love the show, have listened to the first, um, and she's catching up. She says, keep up the good work. So sorry for the spoilers, Beowulfie. Um, thank you so That's much for fault. the feedback. I'm so, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and just a very brief one um, from ABBA, 1949. I love that we're getting some uh, Swedish uh, Swedish love. And uh, she says, or he, love, love, love this podcast. So thank you so much to everyone. That was Swedish iTunes, yes. that last one? No, no, no. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, that was a joke that fell flat because of ABBA. Oh, right, ABBA. <laughs> I'm just dumb. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was my joke. Plot <laughs> plays dumb. She's not dumb. She does. She knows things, you guys. She's not Jon Snow. Oh. I just want you to She's our it. amazing model. Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no one's listening at this point. It's fine. <laughs> they tuned out 25 minutes yeah. ago. Okay, so we can mention that we are doing book reviews. Um, the next uh, episode, we're doing a, kind of a special overview episode. So listen to that. But um, if you want to watch for us on Tumblr, you can at close the door and come here dot tumblr dot com um we will i'm so proud of you thank you <laughs> and um so if we're trying to like gonna post our schedule up of what chapters we're reviewing so if you want to you know read along and uh, be a part of that that might be fun i can't make you any promises no <laughs> probably whatsoever. more probably not as much rage to come for the book <laughs> chapters <laughs> Yeah, well, we can we can drum up some rage. I bet. Yeah, we'll find. I'm sure we can. Up. I'm we'll sure. find it if it's there. We if always it's there to do. be found. We will find it. Uh, you can also reach us at uh, close the door and at gmail dot com. And just a nice, gentle reminder: please do like us and review us on iTunes because it bumps up our profile and makes us more popular. And we are popularity whores. We want it. <laughs> we are. Also, if you love. If you would like to send us questions, we love answering questions on the That's a on good podcast, answer. too. Thank you. I almost forgot that one. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap it up, the end of the series. 
Um, thanks, guys. Thanks Yay. for sticking with us through this yes, season, guys. Yeah, we did it. I can't believe we, we did it. I know. This is crazy. Five, you guys. Fish pumps. Fish pumps. Night, everybody. We love you. Good night, everybody. Good night. We love you. Bye. <laughs>